know one in five Americans live with a mental health problem? <laughs> that means unless you live in a cave, you know someone personally dealing with these issues. So join us and our special guests as we answer your questions, share real stories, and work to pull the curtain back on how stigma impacts our everyday lives and our communities. We believe that making a real impact happens best with candid conversations, laughter, and tears. We are your hosts, Jennifer Ritter and Josh Moore, and this is Impact Stigma. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Impact Stigma. Excited for our guest today, you guys. Um, He grew up in Johnson City and uh, received his Bachelor of Business Administration degree in marketing from East Tennessee State University. He also had an extensive hospitality career with Hyatt, Opryland, and Marriott Hotels. Then worked with Scott Neiswanger, managing the Morgan Inn Corporation for 10 years. In 2016, he started his own consulting company called Internity Development, of which the most recognized project is the Model Mill Redevelopment in downtown Johnson City. He is the past chairperson for the Ballot Health Foundation and has served on the Bright Ridge Board of Directors and has been involved in many leadership roles at Muncie Memorial United Methodist Church. He is a certified facilitator for Co-Starters, which is a business development course for startup new businesses. He is also experienced in entrepreneurial startups and has experience with venture capital access. On July 1st of 2019, he became the president and CEO of the Chamber of Commerce serving Johnson City, Jonesboro, and Washington County. Welcome to Impact Stigma, Bob Cantler. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming. All right, so then we can get to know you a little bit better. We have a couple fun questions to ask you. Cool. They're a little weird. Not going to lie. They usually are, yeah. yeah. Looking forward to it. So <laughs> I think. <laughs> so what is your Mario Kart character of choice? Uh, you got to remember, I'm a baby boomer. I so, mean, yeah. But so I, I, I'm not sure if I had... If I know options of a Mario Kart. (laughs) Did you play Super Mario Brothers ever? No. 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 Never? No. Oh, my goodness. I was to go outside, grab a stick, and play, kid. That's true. Okay. All righty. What about you, Josh? Oh, I'm always dead bones. Okay. I'm I'm the princess little person. (laughs) Princess Peach? Yeah. Okay. That's always fun. My kids play. He he has a whole competition with his kids and him. He, He doesn't even have any remorse for beating him every single time no none slaughter them toughens yeah. them up <laughs> it does. that's right so when you were a little kid what did you want to be when you grew up gosh i wanted to be i love the show flipper it was about this dolphin yes. i wanted to be a guy that hung out with dolphins <laughs> that's awesome i remember and that show so so being a kid from the mountains of east tennessee there was there's no dolphins no. near <laughs> yeah. here so so um yeah, that was just that was the dream and the aspiration and i, I remember when i went to college it's like i have no clue what I'm doing, I'm just going to the business department. And there you go. From there, we figured it out. Okay. All right. So, if you were going out to grab a lunch and you're craving something big, what is your go to craving place to go to? Well, again, being East Tennessee, I got to say Pals. Okay. Is, is, <laughs> we are, Pals is a staple around it's, it's here. It's a staple. Yep. But I also work in downtown Johnson City. So, the Shamrock. Is, oh, yeah. Is the best hidden gym food. I've never even heard of the Shamrock. Oh. Uh, we're going to go to the Shamrock it's next located time. Located on West somewhere. Walnut Street yeah. in, in downtown Johnson City. They got slaw dogs. They'll have soup beans. They'll oh have my gosh. taco chili. They'll have all kinds of things. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, they have everything. It's yes. Like yeah, it's definitely one of those. When I was at ETSU when I was younger, we would go through the drive through. Yep. Okay. Super good. All right. So, what is your favorite musician? I know you love music, so I had to ask what your who's your favorite I, musician? I'm a huge James Taylor fan. There you go. Okay. Yeah. I and, love I, James and, Taylor. and a quick story about that. Uh, I heard James Taylor at Memorial Gym in 1982 
at on ETSU's campus. Nice. And he sang the song Lonesome Road. Okay. And he dedicated that song. He goes, a friend of mine died today, Aww. and you'll read about it in the paper tomorrow. It was John Belushi. Oh, my goodness. And James Taylor was in, in Johnson City that night, and he sang that song, dedicated it to his friend. And then he sang that song at his funeral about a, three or four days later. So I've, I've always just loved his style, his musicianship, and what a, what a cool guy. Yeah, my kids know James Taylor because when they were growing up, I listened to him. <laughs> so they'll play it on the radio at like Home Depot and stuff now. And they're like, Mom, it's that song. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Fire and Rain or Carolina on go. my mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. As always, we strive for candid, open, and sometimes even humorous conversations here on Impact Stigma. So please remember this podcast is never intended to be a substitute for professional advice, formal diagnosis, or treatment for mental and behavioral health issues. If you need further assistance or have questions, please visit the Frontier Health website at FrontierHealth.org for more information. If you, your child, or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or experiencing a mental health crisis, you can now dial 988 and you will be able to speak with a crisis specialist right away or go to your nearest emergency room. Hello, everyone. Like what you're hearing so far? Well, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button right now. This podcast is made possible by listeners just like you, and we greatly appreciate your support. So let's get back to the show. All right. Welcome back, everybody. So, Bob, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do at the Chamber? The purpose of the Chamber, um, we are a member-based organization. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so so the businesses and industries and manufacturers in the area uh, belong to us, and, and our purpose is to enhance the health and the quality of the business community for Johnson City, Jonesboro, and Washington County. And, and and that's also recruiting new people to the community. It's it's working with businesses to get the resources they need. Mm-hmm. It's it's connecting our education partners with our businesses. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you for all you do for the Appalachian Highland community. I know it's it's just creek you've come on and it's really you've just done so much for everybody. Um, I have known you since I was a little girl, and um, you have always been a wonderful support for so many people. Um, I'm sure our listeners would like to hear more about the backstory that brought you to our beautiful area, and would you mind sharing that with our listeners? First, thank you. You're welcome. For, for, for saying, being so kind. Um, grew up in East Tennessee, and, and I graduated um, college in the 80s, and, yep. and if you didn't have a chemical engineering degree, uh, there were not job opportunities for you in, in right. East Tennessee. So I went to work for Hyatt Hotels, Marriott, and Opryland. And, and I came back in 2001 to right. be, I was the director of marketing at, at MetaView. And uh, had a lot of, of mentors and champions in this area that I got to see business leaders that were practicing what they preach. Um, it was the, the CEO of, of Patey Lummer Company. It's the CEO of General Shell that, that were teaching my Sunday school class and, 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 and saying, hey, these, this is what you need to do to be a, a positive light in our community. And that, they shared it with everybody, but uh, it really stuck with me. And I, and, I, and I was excited to come back here and then get the opportunity to do the things I need to do to enhance the quality of life. We're seeing some of the fruits of that right now, and it's not my efforts, but it's, it's, it's the community finally getting recognized for it. We have spent a lot of time here on Impact Stigma sharing stories of overcoming like mental health challenges and the stigma that surrounds them. This season is all about resiliency in the face of adversity. We want to hear from our community leaders how they walked through the last three years and came out even stronger today. When you started with the Chamber, how did you personally handle the challenges brought on by the last few years? 
Well, when I started with the chamber, I, I don't have a chamber background. I have a hospitality right. and a business mm-hmm. development background. So it was kind of the, let me first take a few months and, and watch and observe and see what we do and figure out what are the problems we're trying to overcome. And then in that, all of a sudden, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I had to tell staff, I said, you're going home and we're going to work remotely and we're going to figure out what's happening. And, and immediately I start calling all my business leaders going, how are you doing? What do you need? You know, the, the restaurant that says, I'm closed. Uh, I can't pay my staff. I, I can't do what I'm doing. We can't get materials that we're trying to work on to build the things we're building. So there was a lot of stress in, in March and April of, of 2021. It was a very dynamic time. And each of us had to kind of figure out what was happening. I, I know a lot of business leaders, myself included, you self-medicated with bourbon yeah. or, or, or something that, yeah. that you, know, you just wasn't a healthy uh, resolution for what you were trying to do. And then from there, you kind of were in your bunker and you're going, okay, now I got to stick my head out and we got to start doing some things. So I was very intentional. We tried to call every business leader that was part of our organization during that time and, and to at least reach out and say, we're here. We're all in this together. We're trying to figure out what the solutions are. Uh, that was before there was PPP and idle loans and all the things right, that right. they would need to survive. Just having those conversations was therapeutic because you realized you weren't the only one yeah. dealing with these challenges. Right. And I know coming from Frontier Health during that time, we struggled finding hand sanitizer. We struggled finding thermometers. And we had local community businesses that stepped up, like Tennessee Hills Distillery. Yeah, they, they switched over and started making hand sanitizer and supplying it to us. It was wonderful. They yeah. were so yeah. great. And, and that's the resilience of our community. Mm-hmm. And, they and, really did. And when something bad happens here, it's amazing to see the response of neighbor helping neighbor. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So we all know burnout's a real thing. So what are some of the strategies you like to implement? Gosh, it's uh, sometimes I have to sit back and you gotta you got to look at the difference between stress and anxiety. Yeah. And, yeah. and sometimes there's a gray line. Sometimes there's a, there's a broader line between them, but a little bit of stress in my world is okay. Yeah. It, it keeps you focused. It keeps you going. It keeps you doing the things you need to do. It's when it transforms into that anxiety that all of a sudden you realize you're procrastinating or you're not doing the things you need to do, or you're, you're not effective in your communication. And, and when you catch yourself in that, you got to figure out how do I change the perspective? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times for me, I have to get out of what I've been doing and do something different. And a lot of that meant I need to, I need to talk to somebody. I need to talk to another business leader. I need to find out what they're doing, what they're going through. And I'll kind of, again, I realize I'm making it bigger than it has to be. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's gaining that perspective. And, and it's talking to people who've, who've kind of been down that path before that go, hey, you know, I remember once I had an anxiety attack and, and, and a friend of mine goes, oh, welcome to the club. I had mine five years ago. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you drive yourself to the ER, you think you're having a heart attack and you kind of realize, all right, I'm not the only one that deals with this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and part of that is, is the first part of it, but the rest of it is, is seeking the appropriate counsel and, and having those conversations. Uh, you got to remember though, I I grew up in the generation of rub some dirt on it mm-hmm. and walk it off and you'll be fine. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's, it's a different world today. It is. Yeah, absolutely. So what were like some challenges within the local business community that you saw over the last few years that you could share with us? It was again, can I t- do enough business to survive? Right. Can I do enough business to, to pay my employees? Can I bring my employees on? And Every organization had to figure out a different way of doing it. I, I love Firehouse Barbecue. 
<laughs> and, and when Tom Seaton couldn't have people come into his dining room, he goes, all right, we're going to figure out carry out. Yep. And he, he closed for three weeks and he redid his, his website and his app that you could order online. And it was transformational for his, his, his um, organization. He's a really great leader. Like he always leader. steps up and does great things. And, and there, there, but there's people like that all throughout our oh, yeah. community that are mentors, that are yeah. supporters, that are helpers, that right. are, that, you, that I know I can call and say, I'm dealing with this challenge with this organization. Do you know some resources that can help? And, and they're always, I may not know, but I know this, I know Sam over here can help you. Right. So there's, it was, it, it was very daunting. As I said, businesses didn't know if they'd survive. And, and again, then when all these tools like payroll protection plan came about, it was confusing mm-hmm. and you had to work with bankers and what if your banker wasn't doing it? And so I, I had a lot of conversations with organizations and, and, and restaurants that say, I'm not keeping my employees because I don't, I can't open up. So I don't qualify for that grant. Mm-hmm. So, okay, there's an idle grant or idle loan over here that we can use. So there's, again, we, we were just having to navigate on a daily basis and, and is my organization going to survive much less the health of our communities organizations. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then it's slowly, but surely we kind of worked our way out of it. But yep. for me, it was, it was gaining perspective of, I wasn't the only one going through this pandemic. I'm not the only one having this anxious feelings. Mm-hmm. And then as a community, we can work together to figure out how to, uh, how to move forward. So what were some of the actions the chamber took to help improve community resiliency? We were finding out who was doing what, how, when, and where. Yeah. Uh, so immediately I called my counterparts at the Kingsport and Bristol Chambers and in Greenville and Networks and NetRep, the economic development arms, and we started getting on Zoom calls together. And it all started, and Andy Dietrich with Champion Chevrolet was the, was the champion for this. And he said, let's talk through this. Let's figure out what we can do. He goes, I don't want companies, I don't want small businesses to, to, to die. Mm-hmm. What can we do? And we came together and all those organizations said, we're going to create a fund that businesses can apply to, get some funding to help them right. through this time. So, so we created Region Ahead and the Local Business Recovery Fund. And, and we had partners at Blackburn Childers that said, hey, we'll, we'll do your tax part of this and get your, your applications for free. I mean, because wow. we felt that was... I did not know that. That was part of what they wanted to do. We had attorneys that said, we'll do a, the legal paperwork to do a trust for this and, and uh, no cost because we, right. we see there's value of this. And it was, it, was, it was interesting to see the region come together. Because a lot of times we always, you know, oh, that's Bristol's problem, that's Kingsport's problem, right. that's John C's problem. It was our problem. And for all those groups to come together was, was very powerful, very um, cathartic for us to kind of get through some of this, not sure how to go forward, period. We had a kind of a preliminary conversation with guests just to kind of get an idea about what we're going to talk about. And you and I had our, our meeting, and one of the things you brought up was you know, as a boomer, I ha- those labels are fun. I'm a Gen Xer, so as a, <laughs> as a boomer, I was curious if you could talk about part of the conversation, and that was just, will you share your professional experience with working with, like, boomers, Gen Xers, millennials, and Gen Zers, and, like, what were the differences around dealing with all of that? Because that's something that I really loved that you shared, because you were talking about your particular generation never feeling comfortable talking about things, and now you're and you were able to reach out and kind of help bridge that gap. So, and you're doing a phenomenal job with incorporating different, 
you know, generational employees at the chamber. And Thank I just you. really enjoy working with them. So just kind of what was your experience? It's interesting because when I came on board, there were two employees that had been with the chamber for over 25 years. Mm-hmm. And and they're, they're, they know they, they know the institutional knowledge and know everything that's going on, but we're not a pandemic. It's it's a new day. It's a new period. And then we had a little bit of turnover, and we hired a director of finance, and it's somebody who is on her encore career. And she came in, and she goes, "I'm an organizer. I got binders. I have things that I need to do." And it's Lori Hale. Uh, yes. That she's she's <laughs> I'm the big picture guy. I can't plan a two car parade, but I have staff that can do incredible things when we pull them together. And then, so, so you can't work for the chamber apparently, unless you're over 55 or under 25, there's a big gap in between. So all of our new staff are Gen Zers. Yeah. And uh, our director of, of young professionals is a Gen Zer. Uh, she just recently graduated, graduated from ETSU. Gabe Ganaris, who's our director of membership and business development is, is only been out of school for about five years. Cooper Reeves, who's our coordinator for marketing and communications is still a a senior or junior at ETSU. He's great, by the way. And he works part-time. Yeah, he's great. We had to recognize there's value in both generations. I've learned that the older staff, are, they, they use the term stigma, and they use the term, they, they don't want to talk about it. They're, again, they, they, they were the rub some dirt on it, walk it off, you'll be okay. Yeah. And I've had my younger staff says, you know, hey, I'm a little anxious. Can we talk through this? That's like, so great. Yeah, yeah. We need to talk <laughs> through this. So, so again, I've learned as much from the Gen Zers that yeah. hopefully I've been able to provide in regards to what experiences I have. But it's it's a new day. When we go back and look at at society twenty years from now, nine eleven was a was a mark in the in, in the calendar. Agreed. March of twenty twenty one was a mark in the calendar, and we're going to say what was life like before and after, mm-hmm. and and we're definitely in the after period. And I use the phrase a lot of times that it's no longer your grandfather's chamber of commerce. We're a different organization. Mm-hmm. We have to do different things. We have different expectations and different values. And my role is how can I have this person be the most effective that they can be? Yeah. And if we need to get some of these things off the table of I'm struggling with this or I'm dealing with this, I think that's really smart. We find the resources I and, really then, do. and then we move on. It's like the traditional job description that you have to do everything and you have to fit into that kind of goes away. And it's more like, here's a general job description. How can we help you flourish? Yeah. Right. And then we put, we always had that little asterisk. Um, all other, all other duties deemed necessary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll add them as we go. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm supposed to take out the trash too. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like it best describes my job and everybody else's that little asterisk. Little asterisk. Everything else. That, it that needs is to be true done. for him, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I find it in my job, too, but I know Josh definitely can say that it is 100% on his job description. <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> so have you seen a shift over the last few years in the community regarding mental health and creating more of a resilience in the community? Yes. we still got a long way to go, though. Yeah. Part of it, I'm trying not to use the word stigma, although it's part That's, of your... You're on impact stigma. You can uh, use stigma all you want to. I'd rather use the term mainstream. I'd like some of these terms to be more mainstream mm-hmm. yeah. for someone to say, Hey, I'm, I'm anxious. Yeah. And, and okay, let's talk through that. Yeah. What, what do you feel is adding to that? And I want, you know, our staff and working with our stakeholders and our members to be open in their conversations about what they're dealing with. Right. The last thing I want to happen is a business comes to me and they said, we closed, but we never reached out for any support or any help. Right. And for us, it's just a nail in the coffin that we don't want to see. So we want to be there. And if, if there's a challenge you're having, I might not know the answer, 
but I might know somebody who can help. That's awesome. And, and I mean, really different than what I've ever experienced with the chamber. And it feels very community focused, which is what it's there for. So I'm really impressed with everything well, you've done and everything that your staff and everybody else have done too. Well, the staff's incredible. And, yeah. and, and again, our, our, we had a meeting this morning. We were talking about helping some small businesses. And I said, no, we can't fix it all, but we can at least connect them yeah. with someone who could possibly get them to a better place. I got a question. Do you have to be a member of the chamber to be helped? No. That's a really great question, John. Because let me, no. my personal business, you know, during the pandemic, mm-hmm. took the biggest hit ever with magazines that went under. Mm-hmm. And I had no help during the pandemic, and it was just make it through it. Yeah. In my world, there's two types of members. Yeah. There is a member, and there's a potential member. Yeah. So if I can help somebody in their organization get to a better place, there's a better chance that they would say, hey, I'd like to be part of this organization because I feel it can help me or help other organizations in our community. You know, I mean, 80% of our businesses are small businesses. I mean, I'm talking 10 people or less. Yeah. There's a lot of mom and pops in this area. Oh, a ton. Granted, there's some huge businesses. I mean, A.O. Smith and General Shell, I mean, they're billion-dollar businesses. But there's still a lot of the of the small guys. And that's, in my opinion, makes up kind of the vibe yeah. of who we are as a community. Uh, quick story, I had a developer that came into town. He's from Murfreesboro. And he goes, why does Johnson City have so many locally owned restaurants? And I said, because we were never looked at by the brands. So we had people that created their own restaurants. And that's why, you know, Label, Southern Craft, and, and Watauga oh, yeah. Brewing, and, and Red Mez, and all those that are firehouse, and all those yeah. that are locally owned. Mm-hmm. And he goes, we don't have that in Middle Tennessee, where they're all brands. What's the new one that my good friend Gary, the uh, oh, Burgers and... Oh, a Burger and Barrel. Burger and Barrel. Yeah, we love Gary Burger and Barrel. Yes. And uh, what a cool concept. I know. They're awesome. And, and it's an old train station. It's in a cool building. Yep. It's, it's in downtown. I can't wait for it to warm up because when they opened last year, it was, it was, it was really like cold. in well, the fall. Well, they have the depot outside, and that's just a yeah. super neat extra place. You can take your family. You can yeah. play whatever you call that. Cornhole. I can't yep. think of cornhole. So this There's spring will be their first time that sure. they can do that. But. But there's a lot happening in East Tennessee right now, and, and it's and it's exciting. And, and and part of my role is not to screw it up. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think you're doing a pretty good. We want to keep Bob. we want to keep you know moving things in the right direction. But Josh, to answer your question, yes, if somebody calls me and says I, I've got this small business or potential business, but I'm not a member, but I need this help, it would be like someone walking into a doctor's office and say I got this illness, and the doctor says, well, until you pay me, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Again, do no harm is is kind of our role too. That. We want to help you and get you to the point where you're healthy. And then when you're healthy, we'll have that conversation. Would yeah. you Would you like to be part yeah, of it? I think it's a stigma the chambers need to work on. Because I, th- I know a lot of small business owners that didn't, don't reach out because they feel like they have to be a member. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we do um, we do a lot of business startups. Uh, we have a class called Co-Starters. So it's, it's somebody who's starting a business and they want to build their business plan. They go through the Co-Starters class. And they're not That's members. what we mentioned in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. They're not members of the chamber, but... When they finish, they get to join the chamber because they went through the class at a very discounted rate. Yeah. And and then from there, we hope we're adding enough value to what they're doing that they'll continue being part of it. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. All right. This question is specifically around something that we talked about at our meeting. So what are some of the current initiatives the chamber is focusing on to help build a healthier business community? Specifically the Bob Owens community leadership. <laughs> <laughs> Before I get to Bob, let me talk about a couple other things. Because during the pandemic, Jennifer Keller was our chair at that time. Jennifer's a COO for Baker Donaldson Law Firm, and, and she manages hundreds of attorneys across the U.S. And she's located here in Johnson City, and she's very calm. And she was my, when I, hair's on fire, um, <laughs> she was kind of like, 
Bob, it's okay. <laughs> We're going to get through this. She was that calm in the storm. And she said, we're going to do a strategic plan. I love strategic plans. And I said, but, but, but we're not sure if we're going to be around or what, you know. And yeah. She goes, no, we're going to do a strategic plan. And okay. we're going to talk to our members and our stakeholders. And we're going to ask questions and we're going to, we're going to figure out what's important to them. And they came back with three things. They said, uh, the chamber wasn't very good at communicating. We kind of made it difficult to people understand what we're trying to do and things we're trying to do. And we, that's where a Cooper comes in and, and, and yeah. helps us with being more relevant in our communications. They said, we learned through the local business recovery fund, a lot of our small businesses lack certain sophistication and, and needed some help to get on QuickBooks or to get a, access to an attorney that'll give them smart answers and to, to look at their marketing and their, and their website and SEO. So we were working on toolboxes to help them do that. And then the third thing was uh, we need to retain and attract young professionals mm-hmm. in Johnson City. And that's folks 21 to 39. And we need to figure out if we're going to work hard to attract them, how are we going to keep them? Right. And so we created a Young Professionals of Johnson City organization. We thought in the first year, if we get 100 members to that organization, we're good. Well, we had 235 members. Um, <laughs> they're great. kicking it. They're, they're doing programs all over all over the region. Uh, connect, lead, and serve is, are their mottos. So each of their programming is about connecting, doing networking, serving, doing a project. Maybe they're working with United Way. Having uh, programs that help them with their personal and professional development. I just came from the uh, Brittany Azell. I spoke to him today at a luncheon on her overcoming losing a job and starting a new career. So getting leaders in front of other leaders and finding resources for a lot of these professionals. So those are the the th- three things we, th- we came up with in the strategic plan. And then also during that time, uh, Louis Gump, a friend of mine who Louis, an incredible mentor, and, and he started the Roan Scholar Program at ETSU, came to me and he said, my friend Bob Owens was a champion for mental and behavior health. And he started Watauga Mental Health, which I think evolved into Frontier Health. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the key driver for Wood- Woodridge Hospital. He did a lot of things in the 80s in East Tennessee that, that were progressive for behavioral and mental health. And That's true. He passed away in 2019, and his family said, we want to do something to honor Dad. And uh, they put together a fund, and we have what is called the Bob Owens Community Leadership Fund. And that fund is set up to do projects for awareness for mental and behavioral health. It's to do programs for community leadership. We're looking to do a behavioral and mental health conference in May to show some of our business leaders what tools and resources are out there. You know, everybody might know 988, but right. but yeah. but if you're the HR person at XYZ company and somebody walks in and goes, hey, I'm having a dependency problem or I'm having anxiety or I'm having these thoughts and you go, oh my goodness, now who do I call or what do I do? Where do I go? So we want to connect them with Frontier and Ballad and, and ETSU Public Health and on different places that can help be of assistance quicker. Right. It's already a stressful time, but to be there sooner. The other thing we're looking to do, and this is probably going to be June of this year, and it's going to be a Bob Owens Community Impact Day. You know, the United Way does a week of caring where right. where companies will go and they'll paint this building or do this project. They have done quite a few for us. Yeah. yeah. So, so we want to do one where the community can also come out. And so that will be, you know, in its families saying, we're going to go do a, a, a backpack program over here. We're, we're going to go to Carver and work in, a, in, the, in the community gardens. So things that families can do to get young people aware of how do I serve? How do I be a part of the community? But we do it under the Bob Owens name. That's great. And so we're, we're looking forward to that. And then also we have um, that organization is underwriting our TED Talk 
that's coming up. We're doing a TEDx. Mm-hmm. The prompt for it is changing the Appalachian narrative. What are the positive things about Appalachia? We sit here and we talk a lot of negative things about Appalachia. Well, we want to we want to have ten speakers that talk about what are the positive things about oh, Appalachia. I like that. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. <laughs> I love TED so Talk. That's going to be in June be uh, fun. at the ETSU Martin Center. Awesome. I will definitely come. Yeah. 100%. You better get on quick because there's only, only 100 tickets. Oh, gosh. Are you serious? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. So what is the best advice you would give to the Impact Stigma family about how to overcome burnout and stress and create resiliency for the future? Number one, you're not alone. We all think our problem is is only unique to us. I had to learn that the hard way. I've had jobs where I've cried on the drive-in to go to work. Right. I found out that I'm not the only one that felt that way. And then I realized the world is bigger and God is bigger. And and of course, I lean a lot on my faith that there's something greater than what I do for my employment. Right. So you start making your friends priority and you start making your family priority and you start making your having fun and doing things outside of, of those areas. And then you find those, those champions, those mentors that have been there and done that and you call them. And you, you say, hey, you know, Mark, I've been dealing with this. And, and he goes, man, I remember I dealt with that too. I compartmentalized what I did and, and I was able to do this until I got to a better place. Yeah. So, you know, each of us kind of find our own coping and ways of, of dealing with these situations. And, and then if it gets too far, that's why we're wanting to have this conference, this summit, is to know that there are professionals here. And we're blessed with Frontier Health and yes. and so many other organizations that say, we want to help. We want you. We don't want you to struggle. We don't want anyone else to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So life is beautiful and we can do some things to help you through this process. And the other cool thing about that we found is those that go through that journey are usually the best mentors for the next generation that comes along. That's very true. Mm-hmm. You find someone who's overcome addiction they're, they're the champion for the next guy that, that has that challenge. Yeah. And we've seen that. Tim Hicks, who's one of our state legislators, his construction business only hires people who had gone through rehab. I really like him. So, so yeah, I'd love to have him on. He's, He'd be great. He's, you, you better catch him in the fall because he's, he's state legislator <laughs> right now. But he's in Nashville a lot. But We can, we can hold the spot. But I think. There, are, there are many champions. East Tennessee is a unique place. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize that till I moved away and came back. And there are people here that, that have different values. They have a different kindness. They have a different sense of, of, of helping. And um, it's not just, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you, and then I'll come sit with you. And, and we'll go get a meal together, or we'll go do this. So there's, there's people in this community that we want to encourage them to keep doing that. And, and one of the things that, that I get challenged about is, well, Bob, all these people are moving here. It's going to change who we are. Yeah. And I said, no, 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 no. You need to help them understand who we are. And you need to help them be that. Yeah. You need to teach them to be kind. And that kindness is 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 what they came here for. And we're finding folks that moved here from California that that they're on fire. It's like a new convert to Christianity sometimes when they're when they're here because they're going, Hey, how can I get involved? How can I help? What can I do? Because this is so different than the community I moved from. Wow, or the yeah. challenges I was moving away from. So it's a dynamic new time for Johnson City, East Tennessee. We're going to be growing whether we want to or not. Yep. It, yeah, it, it's, it's just part of who we are. And, and I always say healthy things grow, plants, children. You, you can't stop something from growing, but it right. needs to grow. So it's real exciting to see when what's happening now, what's going to happen. There's going to be anxiety with growth. Um, when you look at gray and you look at traffic and 
everything that's in the gray community. It's, it's how can we add more homes there if we're already sitting twice at a traffic light? Yep. Oh, so, absolutely. So there are things we need to fix and work on. But again, from the business community, I'm very excited about where we are, what our future is for the next five to 10 years. And as a community, how we can grow and be healthy. Mm-hmm. I think that's tremendous. Okay. One last question. Yeah. Um, if you could step into our shoes on this podcast, what would you have asked yourself that we didn't? Wow. Again, the one point that I, as I said, I'm not crazy about the term stigma. Mm-hmm. I'm more, cur- I'm, I'm more, I like to look at things from the other side. I want it to be mainstream that someone says, I'm not feeling right. I don't feel well. I'm anxious. Mm-hmm. And for that to be, oh, okay, that's cool. Let's, um, let's explore that. Let's, let's figure that. Yeah. Let's figure it out. Yeah. That's where I'm trying to be with my organization and with my stakeholders and with my members. And I've said it, you know, I've, I've said it to my staff saying, I'm in a funk. I'm not a hundred percent today. I'm going to get through this and I'm not going to get through it instantly. I'm not going to snap my fingers and it's going to be better. But it just it sometimes takes some time. I'm like any business leader. I, I struggle with procrastination and sure. not doing the things I want to do. And and sometimes I impact my own stress. <laughs> yes, you know, it's self-inflicted because I put that off. Now all of a sudden it becomes a major priority. Yeah. yeah. So so again, recognizing that and figuring out, well, I don't want to feel that way again. I'll, I'll get my act together and get these things done. We're different people today than we were before March of 2021. We are. And... I think the pandemic just sort of exacerbated or brought forward quicker some of the things we should be doing and the conversations we should be having. Yeah. And um, I'm excited for the Gen Zers. They're smart. Yeah. They're they're intelligent. They're they don't want to work eight to five because yeah. their theory is of hey if, if I can get the job done in six hours, why do I need to hang around here and punch a clock? So as I said, they think differently than we do, which is great. And, and, you know, it's difficult. It's It's difficult difficult to accept sometimes. I I, I flip back and forth between man, I miss the way it used to be, but I'm really happy that we're we're here where we are, where we are now. But I mean, thank you. I I don't know. Thank you so much for being a, I hate, I don't really know how I feel about this label still, but as a boomer, thank you so much for opening the door for conversations for your fellow boomers and yeah. helping them give them the permission to say it's okay not to be okay yeah and then like letting the younger generations know that you're willing to be open about it because i think there's a lot of humor around poking fun at each other but it's really important that we realize we're all the same and just because you didn't get the opportunity to talk about it then doesn't mean you can't talk about it now and exactly. have the opportunity to grow from that so i really appreciate all the work you're doing around that it's a big deal thank you my pleasure and thank you to frontier health for all <laughs> All you guys do, because I'll call Christy or I'll call somebody and go, yep. I, I don't know the answers to this, or I don't yeah. know where to go. Help me. Yeah, they're and, pretty fantastic. And they're incredible. They really are. Absolutely. So thank you so much for your time. I'm so glad you came. And we are so honored to have you on our show, for sure. And for our Impact Sigma family, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Impact Sigma. And we thank you for continuing to tune in. Yeah, don't forget to subscribe. It's free. Don't cost you anything. Find us on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, all that good stuff. Absolutely. And we can't wait to spend time with you all again very, very soon. And thank you for continuing to help us make an impact. Stigma can make mental health problems worse and even stop a person from getting the help they need. Untreated mental illness places an enormous economic and emotional burden on our communities. Economic burden alone is in the billions and that directly affects all of us. We all play a crucial role in creating a mentally healthy community, one that is inclusive, rejects discrimination, and supports recovery. 
For us at Impact Sigma, this is way more than just a podcast. It is about igniting our communities, sharing our stories, and working together with listeners like you. We invite you to find out more about Impact Sigma on our website at impactsigma.com. One way you can make an impact right now is by sharing our podcast with your friends and family because you never know when something we talk about might be the reason someone you love asks for help. Mental illness is not a personal failure. We can't do this without you. So if you feel inspired to get involved, first, subscribe to this podcast. Then go visit our website at impactsigma.com. Watch the video and read about how you can become an impact maker. Thank you for listening to Impact Sigma. You're so glad you chose us. We want to thank our guests again for sharing your impactful story and doing your part to Impact Stigma. Join us next time as we enjoy some laughs and hear impactful stories. Until then, this work needs you. So go be an impact maker. Thank you and be blessed.